You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. We have a big Friday episode ahead of us, Titans fans. There was a ton of Titans news that came out on Thursday, and a lot of it being very, very optimistic. And admittedly, the past week or so on the Locked On Titans podcast, Podcast. We haven't had a ton of optimistic news to cover. It's been a lot of injuries, a lot of uncertainty. Well, today I come with good news to send you off into the weekend. The Titans made a major signing on Thursday and one that I have been calling for for months. So we will talk about that to lead off today's show. And then we will get into some of that optimistic news that we got on Thursday. Some returns to practice from some extended absence we saw. So I will give you guys the most recent injury updates to all the Titans heading into the last week of preparation before the regular season. And then we will cap off today's show by finishing out our AFC South Division preview with the Houston Texans. I will break down their offseason so far and take a look at their team heading into 2020. So a lot to talk about on today's show. Some very exciting news to go over on the injury front and then a breakdown of the Houston Texans on the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it! Throughout this offseason, the Titans kicker competition has been between third-year veteran Greg Joseph, who joined the Titans late in the 2019 season, and undrafted free agent kicker Tucker McCann out of Missouri. Both players have battled back and forth throughout training camp, both having up and down performances day to day. Greg Joseph had been 47 of 55 on his kicking attempts throughout training camp most recently, and Tucker McCann was 46 of 54 during that time as well. The Titans have put both kickers in more pressure-packed situations recently as they try to decide who will be the kicker for the team going forward. Well, on Thursday, we got some updated news in regards to the kicker competition. The Titans finally did decide to bring in one of the veteran kickers that they worked out earlier in the week. Those two kickers that got workouts with the Titans were Steven Goskowski and Steven Hoshka. The Titans did decide on Thursday to go ahead and cut Greg Joseph, who Looking back at the competition, it does make sense. Joseph and McCann both had up and down days, but it was solidly reported that McCann had a much stronger leg out of the two. And when we talk about the kicking competition, we focus on accuracy on field goals, but a big part of the job is being able to create touchbacks during kickoffs as well. So McCann had a clear advantage on Joseph going into roster cuts this weekend because he was just as accurate during training camp on his field goals, but also had a stronger, more effective leg in kickoffs. So it seems like the Titans were able to narrow down which of the two they liked better, keeping McCann on the roster and then cutting Greg Joseph. But to fill that spot, the Titans went with veteran 
free agent Steven Goskowski, who, as I mentioned, worked out earlier for them in the week. Goskowski will jump onto the Titans roster with 14 seasons of experience in the NFL. As we talked about earlier in the week, that's 204 games played in his career. Goskowski has made four Pro Bowls, been All-Pro twice, and has three Super Bowl championships. During his career, he has converted 87.4% of his field goals and 98.3% of his extra points. The only number that is concerning is he has only kicked a touchback on 42% of his kickoffs. Now, one thing to consider about that touchback percentage is Goskowski has been kicking for so long in the NFL that we have to remember that he had been kicking kickoffs during the time before the recent rule changes that moved the kickoff up five yards and made it easier to get touchbacks as the NFL's safety rules and safety progressions wanted to discourage kickoff returns. But that does leave us to wonder why Goskowski is a free agent right now. Well, he was cut by the New England Patriots this offseason after being injured for most of last year with a left hip injury that required surgery to repair. In his season last year, he was 7 for 8 on his field goal attempts, but 11 for 15 on his extra point. So, do want to make sure that Goskowski is fully healthy, and I'm certain that's something that the Titans paid attention to during his workout Some other things of note for Goskowski is he is a Nashville native. He does make his home in Nashville, so this signing with the Titans makes things very convenient not only for the team, but for the player as well. And as mentioned previously, Mike Vrabel was Goskowski's teammate in New England during their playing careers for a short time. So there is some familiarity there with the personality and the environment. It makes Goskowski a perfect fit for the Titans. Also, this is a signing that I have been asking for throughout the offseason as the Titans are in win-now mode as a team, are in a phase of this team where they are Super Bowl or bust, and relying on young kickers like a Greg Joseph or a Tucker McCann just doesn't make a lot of sense for where the Titans are as a team. Now, because of the increased roster sizes, not only with the practice squad, but with the active game day roster in the NFL this year due to COVID-19, we could potentially see the Titans keep on two kickers this year, Goskowski for the field goals and extra points, and then keeping a guy like Tucker McCann on the roster with his strong leg to be used on kickoffs, and then you have a backup in case Goskowski goes down to injury or COVID-19. So the Titans have finally brought in a veteran kicker and gotten more serious about the roster as we get closer and closer to the regular season. I certainly wish it didn't take them this long for that optimism about these young guys to finally break. We got Simeon a couple weeks ago. Now we're getting Goskowski. My offseason plan is really coming together for the Titans right before the buzzer of cutdown day on Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So excited to see that. But that's not the only thing that I'm excited about. We have a lot more positive news that came out of Thursday's Titans practice to talk about mostly in the realm of injuries. We saw some major returns for the Titans and got some positive updates on some players who maybe didn't return, but maybe might be able to return pretty soon. So we are going to talk about that next. Before we do, I want to remind you guys about everything going on at BuiltBar.com. Of course, by now, you all know that Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever, and that was just based on the 12 original flavors that knocked our socks off. Coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, 
peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel chocolate, my personal favorite, double chocolate, orange, toffee, almond, coconut, peanut butter, brownie, another big favorite of mine. So those were the 12 original flavors that really kicked things off and, and got Built Bar's entire inventory sold out. That's how much people loved Built Bar the first time around. Well, now, those bars that are covered in 100% real chocolate that are soft and easy to chew, they come in six new awesome flavors. Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, excited for that one. Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake. I mean, Lord, I'm excited for that. Apple Almond Crisp. My box is on the way of their even deliciouser flavors that they have come out with since the initial launch. But I've talked a lot about the taste. It's time to focus on the health aspect of Built Bars. Built Bars are great for any health-conscious guy or girl. They can help you lose or maintain weight. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for any keto diet. So it works as a breakfast substitute as a little bit of a workout booster before you get in there and start picking up heavy things and throwing them around. It can help you curb any of your cravings by being used as a dessert substitute or when you got that sweet tooth before bed. So a lot of good options with Built Bar. And here's the best thing. If you used our promo code locked on before to get $10 off your Built Bar order, you can do it again. The promo code has been relaunched. So you can use that promo code locked on at BuiltBar.com get $10 off your next order and have the opportunity to win a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So once again, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your next order and a chance at a free cooler. That's locked on for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Let's dive into all of the positive updates coming out of Titans Thursday practice. Right before we do that, though, I do want to take this opportunity to remind you guys to subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast on Apple Podcast, follow on Spotify or whatever platform you do stream. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans as well for content schedules, additional updates, and my Tic Tac Titan film breakdowns that I do weekly throughout the regular season. So a lot going on there as well. Also, feel free to drop a review in the Apple iTunes app. I would really appreciate it. Have got Nothing but five-star reviews, so I appreciate that from you guys, but just need a little bit more, and that'll help the show show up for other people who are looking for Monday through Friday Titans content. So really appreciate you guys and everything you do. If you could continue to help me out by subscribing, following me on Twitter, and maybe dropping a review, I would appreciate it forever. So moving into all of this positivity coming out of Thursday's practice, let's dive right in. So... There have been some Titans that have been out for what feels like a week or more. Talking about key rookies like Christian Fulton, Darrington Evans. We saw a major injury scare earlier this week to right guard Nate Davis has seen some absence from starting right tackle Dennis Kelly. And someone who's been impressive throughout training camp, at least early on, defensive back Kareem Orr, who got some opportunities in the slot on defense as well, has missed a ton of practice time. Well... 
All of those names were back out on the practice field on Thursday. Fulton returned. Evans returned. Nate Davis and Dennis Kelly were out there. Roger Saffold returned as well. That means that the entire Titans starting offensive line is healthy and in practice. That's a great sign. And then, of course, the two rookies that I talked about earlier this week are going to have such a big impact on this Titans team and are expected to have such a big impact on this Titans team. That slot cornerback role, that third cornerback role, and let's not sell Fulton short. He could play outside if he needed to as well. The Titans aren't going to be in a bad spot if they have to flip Fulton outside. That's not a terrible thing, but having him at his primary responsibility in the slot healthy as the Titans finally begin to focus on the Denver Broncos is so important. So let me talk about that for a second. More positive news before we get back into the injuries. Mike Vrabel talked about on his Zoom call on Thursday before practice, and I had some some quotes and things like that that I wanted to pop in here, but none of them are incredibly informative or anything like that, so I can just explain, but Vrabel did talk about in his Zoom conference that he is going to start diving into Denver Broncos sets, getting the show team, the scout team, you know, the secondary team that, you know, goes against the first team offense. Throughout practice, throughout the season, it's not first team offense versus first team defense all the time. A lot of the time, that's what the scout team, the show team, the practice squad, whatever you want to call them, that's what those players are for, the end of the roster guys and then the practice squad. They are there to simulate the team that the Titans are going to be playing that week. So the Titans are starting to focus on some of that now. The Titans, Mike Vrabel even said, certain players who they know are going to make the roster, they can start getting them ready for that Denver Broncos game. So that's really important that that is beginning today as season kickoff will be a week away by the time I talk to you next week. So very important that the Titans are diving into Denver Broncos stuff. And it's even more important that the names that I just mentioned, Fulton, Evans, Nate Davis, Dennis Kelly, Kareem Orr, Roger Saffold, all of those guys are back out on the field as that first day of Broncos prep begins. It lines up. makes me so happy. I hope that you are feeling the optimism in my voice. I hope that you guys are feeling optimistic in your souls. So let's continue going through some of this injury-related news. Not all of it is incredibly positive. So let's dive back into uh, one of the more negative aspects of the report from Thursday, and that's players that still remain out. Now, I can say that none of these players should have a major impact on the Titans season, but there's still players that are going to be needed. The injury rate in the NFL is 100%. Everyone gets hurt. Everyone gets banged up. Depth. Depth is what wins in the NFL, and the Titans do have decent depth at certain spots, and one of the places they have that is in the secondary, and somebody like Dane Crookshank, who is an invaluable member of the Titans special teams unit, is still out. That's unfortunate. Crookshank has missed the most time of any Titan recently. Um, Very concerning when you see them bringing in, we talked about yesterday, we talked about the Titans bringing in Doug Middleton. We talked about the Titans trying to sign safety, former Dolphins safety, Walt Akins. So clearly they have concerns about Dan Crookshank's injury and how long he'll be out. One thing that I will say is this benefits somebody like Joshua Kalu. I don't think personally Kalu was going to make this roster. I think somebody like Chris Milton would make the roster over him. I didn't see Kalu as a guaranteed roster spot. But now that Crookshank is out, 
I think that somebody like Kalu or somebody like Ibrahim Campbell, who hasn't got a lot of discussion on this show or in Titans media, he's not a fancy guy, just a veteran who's played special teams a lot. Someone like Ibrahim Campbell could have a great opportunity to stick on this roster now because of the uncertainty behind how long Crookshank will be out. So keep that in mind as we go forward. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity for somebody on this roster right now. So Crookshank remains out. Rashad Davis remains out, and that's disappointing. I thought he was somebody that was going to make this team because of what he could provide in the return game. Also, all of the reports are that his route running has been majorly improved this offseason. So with the uncertainty at the back end of the wide receiver position for the Titans, I thought Davis could be somebody that could make the roster in this mispractice time is just giving those reps to somebody else, and that's an opportunity for somebody else to impress. So disappointing for Davis, I'm certain. And then finally, Jameel Douglas was still out of practice. That's concerning to me. I think Douglas is a lock. I think he's the number three uh, in, or number four, I guess, interior offensive lineman on this ball club. I think he can play some center. He can obviously stand in at guard and at least be serviceable for the Titans offense. So disappointing to see Jameel Douglas not out there, especially after the scare to Nate Davis. Just makes me worried about the interior line depth. And uh, Douglas is definitely one of those guys that makes me feel a little bit better. Back to positivity. I'm going to give you guys two pieces of positivity here on injury front. One, Vic Beasley, he actually did physical football work today. One of the things Mike Vrabel mentioned in his pre-practice Zoom conference is that they had hoped to get Beasley out to work on the side field today, and guess what? That happened. Vic Beasley was out on a field. Now, he didn't practice practice with the team. He just worked on a side field and did some conditioning work. And then one of the other major injury scares that we got earlier in this week was to outside linebacker Derek Roberson. Now, Vrabel didn't sound too optimistic in his Zoom conference. He said Roberson would not practice on Thursday, and he did not practice, but, but, Roberson did do some work on a stationary bike on the sideline. And a lot of the reports coming out are that Roberson's injury is not as serious, not as serious, as initially we thought. So, that is positive news, especially for an outside linebacker group that needs some more help. Now, speaking of that health, we have to get into the latest Jadavian Clowney updates. And while I'm doing this podcast right now, my phone is blowing up with Jadavian Clowney news. So we are going to talk about that. And it's time to discuss the recent update we got on Jadavian Clowney. And then, of course, dive into these literally breaking news right now as I'm recording 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Big news coming out from some of the NFL's big news breakers. So first, let's talk about the report that we got from Charles Robinson earlier today on 102.5 The Game. He said this, quote, If Clowney will happen, it's the next couple of days. Titans are frustrated by lack of engagement, have wanted to get him in for a physical. He turned down 17 to $18 million range from Browns. It's Titans or Seahawks. Seahawks around $12 million. Titans likely similar. That backs up all the reports that we've gotten recently about Clowney that he got a one, two, three-year offer from the Browns for 17 to 18 million. He turned it down because he does not want to play in Cleveland. And 
It, on the other side of that, we've heard that the Titans and the Seahawks are under $15 million and Clowney wants $15 million or above. So that's where we stand right now. The reports that are coming out right now, I'm just going to read them to you guys. I, I don't have any time to kind of digest any of these reports. I'm simply just going to read them to you guys right now. Coming from Tom Pelissero. The Saints are sending an all-out blitz to try to sign Jadavian Clowney, who has spoken multiple times to coach Sean Payton, sources tell me, and Ian Rappaport. Of course, it's Tom Pelissero. At least two other teams still involved in Clowney's extended free agent saga. Now, the other two teams are the Titans and the Saints, of course. Diana Russini, just eight minutes after that report, said this. Jadavian Clowney could be with a team very soon. I'm told the Tennessee Titans and the New Orleans Saints are both making strong pushes to sign the free agent. Both teams want him on the field by Monday and are making pitches. And then from Ian Rappaport, just reading this to you guys as it comes in. The Titans have also maintained interest in Jadavian Clowney with the Seahawks monitoring, but the Saints are pushing hard. Clowney would play right DN in an even front on national TV more than he has ever been with a chance to cash in for 2021 after a one-year deal. So, that's what we have right now. Based on what I'm reading from these tweets, this is just my initial reaction here to these tweets I'm reading live in real time to you guys. It looks like the Saints are probably the favorite to get Clowney just from everything that Rappaport just described. He gave all these reasons. He'd play right defensive end. He'd be on national TV. All these other things. So I think that Clowney is probably going to end up with the Saints based on the reporting that I'm seeing here. But to me, that's perfectly fine. He's in the NFC, not in the AFC, not with anybody that Titans are competing with. If the Titans see Clowney, it'll be in a Super Bowl, and uh, by that point, I'll be too happy to really care. So, uh, that's the most recent update. I think that Clowney ends up as a Saint, but it looks like the Titans and the Saints are battling out right now. Hopefully, we have more news over the weekend that I can report to you guys on Monday when we break down all of the cuts. So, with that in mind, it's time to get into the Houston Texans preview, so we are going to jump into that to close out today's show next. Let's round out our AFC South preview and this week of the Locked On Titans podcast by talking about the Houston Texans. And I got to be honest with you guys, I am keeping my eye on my phone and on my Twitter account just in case we get more Jadavian Clowney news, which I will then break live on the podcast and discuss at length with you guys. But uh, before we get any of that, let's dive into this Houston Texans preview. So looking at the Texans all season, obviously they traded DeAndre Hopkins and what basically ended up being... David Johnson and a second round pick? It's pretty bad. Pretty bad, Bob. Not going to lie. Signed Randall Cobb, traded for Brandon Cooks, who gets traded all the time. Maybe somebody will catch on that there's a reason he gets traded all the time. Uh, they did re-sign linebacker Zach Cunningham, who's a pretty solid player. They're getting ready to work on a Deshaun Watson extension. That's something else that got reported today before I got on the show. So, the Texans have had... 
a rough offseason, quite frankly. They haven't really improved their team a lot, in my opinion. They've gotten worse at a couple of spots. So let's just take a look, dive into their depth chart here. So the wide receiver position, they have some talented guys, but a bunch of guys who can't be relied on, a bunch of guys who have major injury concerns. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, and then, of course, Kenny Stills, who's a solid receiver as well. But, I mean, out of those four guys, how many of them are going to be healthy enough to be effective throughout the, the entire regular season? I mean, it's a decent group there, but you lose DeAndre Hopkins from this team. It just it just really limits the ceiling here of this Texans offense. And, and Deshaun Watson doesn't have his go-to guy that he can just chuck the ball up to and make a play now, and it it's kind of something that the Texans were excellent at, that backyard football style. So didn't make a lot of sense to me that they made that trade. The offensive line is still below average. Laramie Tunsil is uh, one of the better tackles in the league, yes, but they still have a young guy at the other tackle in Titus Howard, Zach Fulton at guard, Max Sharping at guard. Nick Martin is a solid center, but the guards aren't solid. The right tackle can't be relied on. The Texans still have a below average offensive line. Darren Fells, Jordan Aikens, not really too high on their tight end group. They're more of a function of Deshaun Watson's greatness than anything else. And David Johnson, Duke Johnson, anything to write home about there? No. David Johnson might not even be an NFL player at this point with how slow and banged up he's looked. Maybe he's got a revival in him, but I just don't see it. And even though the Texans paid a third-round pick for Duke Johnson last offseason, apparently Bill O'Brien just hates him because they don't use him very much. And uh, I think Duke Johnson's a solid player, but if you're going to give the majority of the snaps to David Johnson, who isn't, then I'm not going to be very high on this Texans offense. How how far can Deshaun Watson carry them? That's basically where they're at, because they have left themselves with not much reliable talent on the offense. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, a, def- uh, a decent Defensive line here, J.J. Watt, Ross Blacklock, the rookie, Angelo Blackson. Obviously, if Watt is healthy, he's solid. But other than that, I mean, you got Blacklock, who's a rookie. We know about the limited offseason. Blackson, he's um, just a jag, just a regular average player. Now, Whitney Merciless is a solid linebacker. Zach Cunningham, like I said, solid linebacker. Bernardrick McKinney is a solid run defender, for sure. Brennan Scarlett. Nothing to write home about. So, some good linebackers and J.J. Watt, but outside of that, not a lot of depth, not a lot of talent. And then you get to the secondary, and this is where things just really fall off for me. Bradley Roby and Garyon Conley, both both flameouts at their original spots. Eric Murray and Justin Reed at safety. It's just a really, really average secondary. And the Texans, in my opinion, are average at a ton of spots. So I don't think they're going to be a bad team, per se. But I definitely don't think that they're going to be the division winner, Super Bowl contender, you know, playoff team to worry about that they've been the past few years. They've simply just, a lot of their talent on defense has gotten older and is banged up. They've lost some talent. Some of their talent has gotten older, like I said. And they've purposefully, purposefully got rid of some of their most talented players. So, strange scenario in Houston. They have enough talent to be competitive, but not enough to win the division, in my opinion. I see the Texans at 7 and 9, 8-8, 9-7 at max. But uh, the Titans do play the Texans early on in week six at home. I think it'll be important for the Titans to win that game. If the Titans can win that game, then the second time that they play the Texans, week 17 in Houston, 
which is going to be tough on the road, division opponent. Deshaun Watson can make magic happen. I'm hoping that the Titans are in a position where they could sit their starters for that game, and that game against the Texans in Week 17 doesn't necessarily matter. But if it does, then it'll be even more important that the Titans make sure that they take care of business at home against the Texans. Last year, the Titans only beat the Texans because they got their JV unit in Week 17. So, consider that. Consider that. The Titans just don't play very well against the Texans for some reason especially when Watson's out there. So hopefully they take care of business early. But I don't think this is a uh, Houston Texans team to write home about. It's definitely not as good as they have been in the last few seasons. But that is going to wrap up our AFC South preview next week. It is all season preview all week long. And hopefully I come back on Monday to talk about the roster cuts and signing Jadavian Clowney. But we will see how that goes. No news yet. So I will be back on Monday to talk about that with you guys. Have a safe and enjoyable weekend. That is going to do it for me. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Tight.